0: In the name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And here we go. From this point on, as we hear the gospel according to Luke, it is clear that Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. And we join him and his band of weary travelers at the end of the ninth chapter. Jesus won't arrive in the city of truth until the 19th chapter. In Luke's account of the good news, it's no longer following Mark's outline of the journey. In fact, the majority of Jesus' travel moments of note aren't even found in Mark's narrative. But for the next 19 weeks... Welcome to the season after Whit Sunday. For 19 weeks, this is where we'll be. We'll be in Luke's account of the good news. And there seems to be no agreement among scholars about a logical, sequential order of events in this section, which leads me to think there may not be any logical, sequential order of events. Rather, it seems that the stories are mostly episodic. That is, they are episodes, they are frequently unrelated to each other, and they they happen while Jesus is on his exodus. The Greek word we see translated 20 verses back is departure. He's in his departure to Jerusalem. And sometimes the larger context will help in understanding a passage, but many times it does not. And in spite of Jesus' miranderings around in these chapters, we will often be reminded that Jerusalem is really straight ahead of him. In the first seven verses of our text, we see a Greek word. It is omai, and it occurs five different times, although we see it translated in many different permutations in the version we just heard proclaimed. And it's a word that means to move or to go or to journey. We see Jesus has set his face to journey into Jerusalem. And journeying, they enter into a Samaritan village because his face was journeying and they journeyed into another village. And there's a lot of movement going on in these verses. There's some going and journeying and it's proper sometimes. And sometimes it is not. You know, just going, being active, and moving in some direction may not always be good. Knowing where our efforts are leading us is important. Knowing from whence we have come is important. And sometimes even knowing why we have departed from one to another It is important. You know, every time this passage comes up in the lectionary, and it does every three years, I struggle with how to handle this rejection narrative in Samaria as it is juxtaposed with what seems like very harsh words of exclusivity and rejection. Jesus says to the man, let the dead bury the dead. Well, actually, what he says is, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. You know, I can imagine my initial reaction had I been standing alongside this man. And, of course, it's much easier to be brave from 2,000 years away. I can see myself saying, sorry, Jesus, you're wrong. You are wrong. Sometimes we have to bury our dead. And sometimes you just have to wait. And sometimes we have to say goodbye to those who we're leaving or those we have lost. And, you know, just plan on catching up to you, I don't know, eventually. And sometimes we, we have a few things that need tending before we jump on this discipleship bandwagon, Jesus. I'm sorry. What? You don't get it? Like what? You, you want examples, Jesus? I mean, what about like grief? Sometimes we have to stop for grief. Sometimes we have to stop for pain. Maybe for love. Maybe for rejection. Maybe for those who we're close to or whom we share deep affection. Not enough, Jesus? Well, maybe we have to stop sometimes because other people don't stop. Maybe we have to stop for people for whom no one stops, for those who the world rolls past and for whom it sounds like, Jesus, you really don't have a lot of time to stop for. Maybe we need to stop and lick our wounds doesn't seem to be your concern, Jesus. Sometimes we just need some time. Very brave from 2,000 years. And shouldn't Jesus get all this? Shouldn't he understand that? He takes his time, right? He goes off into the wilderness. He goes off to pray. And if this passage, even if it stood alone, it should lead us to believe he gets stop, assess, be, maybe make a shift, change directions, contemplate. But this is Jesus. This is the Jesus that we know. It's the same Jesus who leads and instructs us through complicated parables. It's the same Jesus who in one section turns over the tables in the temple and in another section cares and comforts the woman at the well. It's the same Jesus that in one instance seems to be very condescending and at another instance appears otherworldly and wise and patient. I really respect what I consider to be the good parts of that Jesus. And then in a calmer moment on the surface, I want to say, you know, wait a minute now, Jesus, come on. What you've got going on is not so important that this guy needs to neglect the memory of his father to cater to your sense of urgency. But then I find myself considering that maybe that's the point. And I try to imagine this text from Jesus' point of view and not from an historical perspective that gives attention to Jesus' own situation, although that might be worth considering for another sermon, but from the perspective of God's urgency, that every minute matters for those to whom every minute matters. So many other times in the text we see nameless individuals petitioning Jesus for a miracle. We see men and women begging Jesus to save their children, to bring them back from the brink of death. We read about these siblings, Martha and Mary, saying, Please, please come for our beloved, and time is of the essence you must And we have seen, we have heard of the ways in which Jesus has granted their petitions. We don't have to understand healing to see it and experience it. We've seen how Jesus has breathed life back into their bodies, and yet in this instance, in this finite moment in time, that's not what the man asks. The man says, let me bury my father, meaning his father's already gone. And maybe he's made peace with that reality. And maybe this man has made peace with the outcome. But at the same time, in this moment, what we see is a man caught between what was and what is and being faced with his tomorrow right now. And Jesus telling him as he's journeyed upon his path, tomorrow is now and every moment counts because it must every moment counts and i began to wonder what if jesus sees the importance of time of a minute of even a second not just for the sake of the urgency of his ministry not just for the sake of the urgency of the kingdom that he wishes to bring into its fullness, not for the sake of the urgency of making certain that all know God's kingdom here on earth before they reject God's kingdom by silencing him and his goodness. Maybe, maybe the importance here is because being human means urgency, and every moment really does count. Think about the aftermath of your own personal disappointments and sorrow. Maybe the death of a parent, maybe the loss of trust, maybe the rejection of your identity, maybe termination of employment, and the litany Of trials and tragedies, and think about the aftermath of the greater horrors and travesties of our collective being. Think about the Stonewall Inn riots, the shootings at Columbine and Sandy Hook and Pulse, the storming of Normandy, Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. Think about the truth of our lives. They are fragile, they are frail, And every moment counts. In the midst of transition and transformation, every moment counts. In the reality of ministry and meaning that take on all of the context and the circumstances of our lives, every moment counts. Every moment has to count since God made the decision to become one of us jesus call is not an insensitive plea to abandon that which is important to us and who matter to us and who make a difference for us it's a call to let go and embrace the promise that god becoming human means that moments matter that time makes a difference and that even seconds matter to god and why not for the sake of our service to the world but for the sake of our being just being in the community of god's kingdom every moment matters because every one of us matters every single one of us count so what does that mean about discipleship what does it mean about jesus impatience perhaps jesus recognizes our tendency to put off the moments in time that might actually make a difference. A difference in our lives, a difference in the lives of our community, a difference in what we say about him. And perhaps Jesus sees that we come with ready excuses to defer our proclamation because we think we need to be in a better place, a better time, a time when the stars align so as to make our experience of the gospel the perfect that it was never meant to be. And perhaps Jesus simply says, stop making excuses and start imagining experiences that invite, let's see what happens, instead of, I need to get my stuff together. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so quick to assume that Jesus is being insensitive in the moment. Maybe, just maybe, god wants me to do something different maybe god wants us to do something different maybe god wants us to be at peace with what was when what was was and maybe at peace with what is when what is comes and to accept that we've done what we've done and it's time to be someplace different to move forward That our responsibility is not to be stuck where we were, no matter, but to launch out into this next phase of our purpose. I tend, maybe you do, I tend to wait for God's action rather than getting my feet wet. I tend to think, well, you know, God will show me the way. If I'm to do it, God will tell me. There'll be a message You know, another election season has ramped up. Really, is there any end to that season anymore? Our bishop has taken what I believe to be a baptismal stance with the incarceration of children on our southern border, a stance of how do we express our respect of the dignity of every human being. And so many folks in our community here at the cathedral, the Episcopal Church, throughout Phoenix and around the world are celebrating today, this Pride Day at the end of Pride Month, the last Sunday in June. I know I'm not making use of the urgency that Jesus calls me to. I know I am not joining him in his journey to Jerusalem like I should. I know I'm not following like Jesus says, follow. What about you? Are you at your Red Sea waiting for God to do something? Are you at your Jordan River, willing to get your feet wet so as to enter the promised land? Maybe you're waiting for someone else to speak justice. Maybe you're waiting for the church to make a statement, to call for righteousness, to make your decisions for you. Or will you embrace the moment and proclaim the promise of God's kingdom here on earth yourselves? Are you waiting for others to stand up for those our world rejects and reviles or will you seize the moment and say god's love is for all are you waiting even for those you trust to advocate for who you are for who god has called you to be or do you now find yourself needing to tell Your truth and risk so much if not everything because making decisions to lead to follow to stay to go to obey to resist making decisions is very very risky how do we measure our witness to our love of God how do we measure our witness of our loves of ourselves And so as I consider the text again and how Jesus says in his own way, it's time to move on, to not dwell on what was, but to live and to choose to live, carrying forth, launching out, maybe, just maybe, what Jesus is trying to say is that there's work to be done. There is life to live. There are opportunities and experiences and memories to be had. And that dwelling back there is dwelling with something that is no longer alive or life-giving. And that maybe, just maybe, God wants us to live. Because that's what the kingdom is all about. About living and moving on right now. How do we measure five hundred, twenty-five thousand, six hundred minutes in a year of a life? How do we measure the time when we can truly be who we are? In what increments do we measure our lives and our ministries? Because every moment counts, says Jesus. I count. You count. We count. We matter. You matter. God counts on us.